Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking on Charge podcast. My name is Jonathan with Team Salt Boys. Mine with Team Rays. And next with Team Rays as well. And today we have a special guest with us, Mr. David Fashbinder. Thank you for joining us, David. We really appreciate the time. Of course, guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, David, I know you, uh, you're the head judge for Nats, the head judge for Worlds. Uh, I'm not sure if you go by anything else. You're the, the Facebook admin. Um, I think you were the head judge for Worlds. Could you, could you clarify on that make sure I'm not lying? Yeah, I was the head judge for Worlds um, last year, and then format for this year's kind of TBD. But I've definitely sort of taken on that kind of head judge role and happy to do it. And, it's a lot of work, but needs to be done by somebody. So. We definitely appreciate your efforts on that, David. Uh, you know, the guys and I are excited to have you on here. Uh, really wanted to pick your brain, uh, maybe ask you some questions, uh, if that's okay with you. I'm not sure if there's anything you wanted to do prior to us asking you questions. No, I'm, I'm good to go. Let's, uh, let's get to it. Well, perfect. Uh, I think we're going to start asking... I don't know if it's going to be Ernest or Ryan. We don't want to ask you anything you're not comfortable answering, or we don't want to get you in trouble with Bandai, obviously, because, uh, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> All right, but if you guys ask me three questions that I can't comment on, uh, you're out. So that's the uh, three strikes, you're out. So. Well, I only have three questions. Hopefully I, can't, I don't get three strikes. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect no bono right there. Uh, Ryan, you want to go first or me? No, you can go first. All right. My my first question, something I've been wanting to make sure of, is with the the Z summoning, do they open up two counter windows? All right. So first of all, you must be a Yu-Gi-Oh player. You calling it summoning? But yeah, yeah, know. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's um. Think about it as like the Z deck is is an extension of your hand. So you're really just hard casting out of the Z deck. You're not using a skill to play the card. Yeah. So we we had a little we had a little argument about that at our uh, shop, and we were pretty sure that it was just the one. But I wanted to double check to make sure. Yeah, all good, man. I won't hold that against you too much. All good. <laughs> People, don't worry. <laughs> I did. I did used to play Yu Gi Oh though. <laughs> I think everybody played it at least once, right? You know, I think I was really into it for a year. Like, I'm dating myself, but, you know, I think set five had just come out when I got out of Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> so, oh, wow. <laughs> you know. yeah. I, I stopped playing about nine years ago. And then, like, every once in a while, I'll play with my friends and everything. But it's it's very rare, because I still have my old deck. And I, I update it every time new stuff comes out, because I, I play Dark World. And that's just what my favorite stuff was. So anytime something it, new comes out for that, it I was like the it. only game I've ever played that I was able to get my like high school friends to play with me at the time. Um, like I, I've been playing card games since forever, um, but I always struggled to find like local players who weren't just you know dudes from the LGS or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! was it. Yu-Gi-Oh! was the only thing that I was able to ever find, like, my actual buddies to jam out with. So, it was good times, for sure. But, uh, you know, a long time ago already. Yeah. 
I will say I, I actually never played Yu-Gi-Oh, so I just watched the show, uh, but never played the card game. So not everybody played, but hey, I get it. It's not a big deal. Um, Ernest, why don't you go ahead and, and knock out the other two questions just so that uh, we can get through with everybody else as well. Sure. Give me one second. All right. All right what deck do you think will, uh, is the best deck in the format right now? I mean, it's tough, man, but like that red sin deck is nasty, and Ojita is, is crazy too with that eight drop. So I think by far, like those two decks are, you know, there's a reason that they're like 70% of the meta at the top cuts and, you know, all the big regional sized events that have happened since Zenkai dropped. You know, those are, uh, those are really strong. I mean, red in general, you got red pan, red Vegito also creeping up with the anniversary box. So, yeah, I've heard that's really, really going to be really good. And we always, on this uh, podcast, we always advocate for a reboot uh, set to Vegito. So, we, we're all pretty excited for that. Yeah, I mean, that Z leader is, is on another level. So, but I think that's cool because that could show you that, like, especially with Z leads and Z battle cards, like, it doesn't take a whole lot to elevate a deck anymore. So I think it's really, you know, cool because, like, if Bandai wants to drop, like, a Z-Leader to really juice an older archetype, you know, they really can. And they'll have much more impact than, like, some random promo battle card or something that they would have done in the past. So I think uh, the future is bright in regards to that stuff. But, yeah, back to your question. Red Sin, Red Gogeta, all the way. Cool. All right, so my, my last question is what deck do you think will win Nats? Oh, man. Well, that's that's kind of a loaded question, right? Because we got a whole new set. We got, hopefully, a ban list coming soon. So, you know, I think it'll take a lot to dethrone them. I, I'd say if Nats was today, I would think that Red Sin would win. Um, but there's a whole lot of action between now and then. I mean, we've only revealed, what, three leads from the new set so yep. far? Um, so plenty more to see. And then... Hopefully a ban list that shakes things up. A ban list, you say? Well, uh, definitely intrigued on hearing about the ban list. I know a lot of people have been talking about that with Nats being just around the corner, so I'm excited for that, to say the least. Well, you said maybe, so maybe we might get another non-ban list again. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I, you know, what, uh, he said maybe it gives me my hopes up, uh, gives me a chance. There's a chance... We're getting a ban list, I should say. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll drop a I'll drop a big one on you because it's always been something interesting because of like you know me being a head judge. Um, how hard would you say it is to make a head judge call for a ruling that isn't covered by ban? Like something you have to make a decision on that isn't covered in any of the rulings or like any of the interactions or any of the Q and A's or anything. So I actually, it's a good question, and I would say that. If it's like an actual game-based ruling, like, does this work? Does this not work? I actually feel like that's the easier type of ruling to address. Um, one, most of the stuff is logic-based, or you can find some sort of precedent that makes sense. Um, two, you know, when you're head-judging a big event, especially, you've got a team of judges around you. Um, you know, and then... Also, three, like, 
the players in this game are really on top of it. Like, either finding these interactions, asking questions. I mean, I get messages all the time, you know, about random ruling questions. And if there's something that, like, I genuinely don't know, I go to Bandai and I say, hey, what do you guys think about this interaction? Um, you know, being humble, working with your staff, um, not being afraid to ask Bandai for help um, doesn't really work in the moment. You've got to kind of step up and make the the call as a head judge. Um, but ruling stuff, that's pretty straightforward. Where it gets tough, in my opinion, is when it's more um, tournament stuff rulings, you know, he said, she said situations, game state, um, you know, comboing out during overtime and, and time is called. Like those kind of interactions to me are always tougher because there's so many actors and like someone's probably going to get burned in the process. And you kind of just have to deal with that and, and be consistent. So as long as I find that I'm ruling consistently, then like I'm pretty confident in what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah, that was um that was that was my big curiosity because I've never had to do something. Usually, whenever something comes out and people uh, aren't like, and there's no like uh, FAQ Q and A anything like with Z, I think Z is probably the best example so far. When you made that post where you're taking people's questions and you made like a big like you know like uh, on the fly like FAQ for people, that really helped out and like a lot of our locals for that week when it like for that following week for Zenkai because we were able to answer a bunch of questions stuff like yeah. that yeah yeah and even then like you saw like i had to walk back a few things right because either bandai came out with a ruling after the fact or they changed one up you know like the z deck ruling um not being under the the restrictions of the main deck so like being able to say like hey you're right like let's walk that back that's really huge when you're doing high level judging um but at the end of the day the thing to remember is that you're the head judge for the event that you're at so even if your ruling ends up getting changed later, obviously you want to try to avoid that, right? It's like when an umpire in a baseball game makes the wrong call. You obviously, it's going to happen. You want to try to reduce how often that happens and, and prevent it if you can. Um, but as long as you were transparent and ruled throughout your event the same way, then you can't really feel too terrible about it. Um, you know, most games are not decided on like a text ruling, you know, that they might be decided on like a tournament structure ruling or, you know, again, a, a game state or how you handle overtime. Um, but, you know, especially at a high level, the most players are pretty good and they know what their cards do and, you know, they know how they interact. So that helps a lot. Yeah, this that was one interesting thing about this game is versus Yu-Gi-Oh! A lot of people, a lot more people know their interactions and rulings in this game than they did in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, it's it's one thing you know that's good about being a competitive, a real competitive game at its core. Um, mm -hmm. You know, especially when you're talking about you know nationals, worlds, re you know regional level play. Players come prepared, uh, you know, and there's always going to be interesting stuff. Like you know, I had judged the Acon Regional in Texas this year, and that was the first weekend that ultimate squad was legal um and honestly it was super smooth 
all day long. Like players knew what they were doing, and you know, you'd like to think that if there was a confusion, that someone would call a judge. The reality is that doesn't always happen. I have to bring that up all the time. Like if you're not sure, if you think your opponent is you know BSing you or trying to like convince you about a ruling, like always feel free to call a judge. You know, and then even appeal if you're still not 100% sure. Um, you know, the one thing that drives me nuts and it happens all the time is I get players that come up to me mid-round or later in a tournament complaining about a ruling or something their opponent did. And it's like, yeah, man, that sucks. But did you call a judge? No. You know, did you appeal to the head judge? No. You know, and <laughs> can't, can't, can only do so much, right? Yeah. No. Gotta give you props for the ACON event too. That was a really good uh, event. Like, we all had a good good time at that event. That was a smooth event, man. Like I have not run a lot of events that have gone that like good of a clip. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, best of one preside is really awesome for like one day events. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Like ah. for that regional level and lower, um, you know, we play best of three at my locals. Um, which I'm okay with because, again, it's locals, right? So everyone's coming out. For most of us, it's like our only time of the week that we can jam games. We don't want it to be over in like an hour. Um, but uh, for regionals where everyone's got to travel and, you know, it's a big chunk of their, their time away from work and their family and stuff like that, it's it's good to just be able to have a good clip and get a lot of rounds in. So Yeah, and, and ending early, we get to we – get, you get to uh... – see the place that you're you traveled to instead of spending the whole day at the event Mm -hmm. you know especially being you know we're most of the players in this game are are adults right you know so like we're also not meant to be chugging red bulls and monsters and you know (laughs) staying in these crowded ass rooms for 12 hours a day so but that's the best part of a turn is just drinking an unhealthy amount of energy so you can crash because i play a lot of card games and i think that was definitely like, i don't know anything from like magic Yu-Gi-Oh, digimon dragon ball i think that's was probably the smoothest event especially compared to the last one i went to which was the one in uh, so dallas yeah the one in dallas because that one was that one took forever to do and that was like there was just there's just so many problems with that one. Was that the card fest one? Yeah, that was the yeah. card fest one. Yeah, and you know what? I give Play TCG all the props in the world because that was their first event, that card fest, and they outsourced running it, um, and it didn't go their way. But like as soon as the owner found out about the nonsense, he engaged immediately and got got all those players taken care of, and then within like 24 hours, Bandai hooked him up with me. And he was like totally cool with like, no, I want David at my next event. We're gonna fly him out, put him up, um, help run the show, smooth things over, teach us some stuff, show us how to use the software, show us how to run the event. Um, and like we ran that that whole event was done with a three man team. That was you know me, Jerry, and Charles running that Dragon Ball event, and like Placey. Play TCG did the right thing, and they rebounded great. And now, you know, they are looks like they're going to be a big player with with Bandai moving forward. So, you know, I I thought they did really really well, especially compared to some other TOs that we've seen that have like crumbled after the smallest amount of pressure from the community. 
um, and like abandon the game. So I thought they did a really Wait, good so, job. So it was the same TO for both Akon and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh wow! I did not know that. Yeah. What, what yeah. an improvement, right? It's a, that, yeah. that, that, that 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 speaks a lot too because a lot yeah because you are right and especially like you know like the uh, like working over their mistakes. And like you know, being like, no, this is just a better way. We'll do this. Like that, 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 that's a lot of improvement. That improvement paid off dividends. Well, and I remember getting on Facebook because they were getting flamed real hard, you know, for for fest. And you know, some people, of course, had the pitchforks out and were like, "Get these guys out of the game." I was like, "You guys are insane." The the last thing in this in the in the world that this game needs is less tos right now. Um, we need more TOs embracing this game to try to get more events. Everyone says they want more, more, more. Well, that's not going to happen with less TOs because you run the newest one out of town um, because they made a couple of mistakes that they did make right by the end of before the event even ended. Um, you know, and then they, they took action to remedy it, which I could tell you has not always been TOs easiest thing to do. Um, so, you know, it's definitely, uh, compared to some of the other TOs this game's seen fall to the wayside in the past, like, that was really, really great. You know, John from PlayTCG and his whole team, like, they're really interested in growing with Bandai for the long haul. So, like, their actions match that, which is good to see. And that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's good to hear. I definitely like the game the game growing, and uh, I don't know if you share the same sentiment, or you might, you might because... It's just something I hear, like, because I'm like, I dip my toes in almost every card game. Like, I don't think there, there's like maybe two or three like physical TCGs that I don't. Um, like, in, I hear it in every game, and it's pretty much just, oh, this X and X I don't like, so the game is dying. Like, yeah, it's, well. it's, it's just the most like echo chamber statement, I think, mm -hmm. in any card. Well, I mean, the game is dying is foolish, right? You know, because it's really, that's really a business function, right? If the game is dying or not. Yeah, you know, maybe your local scene is dying and that sucks. Maybe your interest in the game is dying and that sucks. But like the games, any game is going to continue as long as the company making it wants to pump money into it, right? Um, and, you know, that's why we see smaller companies that are dealing with games like, yeah, they could be struggling. Like everything that's been going on with Jasco and My Hero lately with their, their pricing and their issues, like that's scary to me because those are signs that the game is struggling. Um, you know, throwback when Upper Deck took all the money out of Versus System and put it into World of Warcraft TCG at the time, if you oh could believe my it. God. Like that, so that was a so huge... Sad. That was a huge indicator to me that, like, oh, man, this game is not long for the world. Um, and then they lost. And then, lo and behold, within a, a year, they lost the licenses for their art and stuff like that because um, they were just moving money out of it. Um, you know, Bandai, you know, they're, they're going to have four games on the market by the time Battle Spirits comes out. Um, but Bandai's got a lot of damn money, man. And they're going to keep everything going as long as they want to. And not every game needs to be, you know, the game that's going out there and getting a thousand people per events. Uh, you know, as long as the product's selling and they're making their, their budgets at the distributor level, like, they're happy. And, you know, Dragon Ball is a huge property for them, right? And not just 
in card games, but obviously for anything. I remember, I don't remember what year it was. It was some year in the last four or five years. Bondi, as a conglomerate, you know, across all their different products and branches, they made almost a billion dollars in revenue just off Dragon Ball. Like, that's insane. And, you know, that's not going anywhere. So even if, you know, let's say interest in the game from the players completely died, right, at a competitive level, and we started getting, like, two people showing up for all our events, you know, they could still be producing this game because they want to hold on to the license. And, you know, I, I don't see the game dying. I mean, I could tell you from conversations that they have no interest in the game dying, and they actively are trying to get attendance up stuff like that but at the end of the day you know this is a very competitive game that's complex and you know that was something that i dealt with a lot at the end of the score years back when you know this game this, the score game was considered one of the more complex games on the market um with a high barrier to entry and i'd say dragon ball is kind of there too right like you know i went to my one piece super pre-release and there was a ton of players there that you know, I had never seen before at my LGS because um, they either weren't they weren't playing any games at the moment um, and they wanted to get into this or they were playing other games um, and I didn't know them from it. You know, they were playing Digimon or, or Pokemon players or Magic or whatever. Um, and I think like four out, of, you know, five out of the top eight from that event were all Dragon Ball players um, because... The games are similar, and Dragon Ball players are also just the way they think and the way that they approach games. It's different. Like, you know, these guys that were just more casual, they all got stomped. And, you know, I, I could see that the appeal of these more casual games like Digimon, One Piece, My Hero. Um, but at the end of the day, if, you know, even if we had 128-man regionals forever, like... Now that that's still pretty good to me. I don't need a, a thousand person event to feel like it's successful, right? Now, if you expect a thousand and you only get one twenty eight, yeah, that's a failure. But if you budget for one twenty eight and get one twenty eight, that's a success. I one hundred percent agree with that. And yeah, I'm looking from the game to like compared to other games, like because what is it? Because for RTCG specifically, for especially for Yu Gi Oh, it's more combo oriented. So there is some skill, but a lot of it is more just more deck building understanding. For I think Dragon Ball, it's not only just deck building understanding, but it's sequencing. It's mm -hmm. it's like knowing ratios. There's just so much thought that I don't think a lot of players think about that Bandai has to account for as well. Mm -hmm. Other than just like, you know, make the card good, why is this color better, stuff like that. Knowing when to go all in uh, in Dragon Ball is still a unique thing compared to other games. Um, you know, committing, resource committing is huge in this game and that's not a part of a lot of these other games um you know and i i think it's really interesting like one piece is so forgiving with the resource system that it has um like if you overcommit with your dawn energy um or dawn or whatever they call it um mm -hmm. as long as you're not overcommitting cards from your hand like you'll you get it all back next turn <laughs> like yeah that's that's incredible um and uh you know, it's um, Dragon Ball's really cemented itself, and we're in year five. Also, don't forget that, right? Like, we're in year five of a game that has no cash pricing. 
it's it's uh you know pretty amazing that we still get the turnouts that we do and like the collector's market for the high-end stuff like if you win you know nationals and stuff like that you're you're making bank man you know even if you don't you, you, even if you're just top 16 um nats or maybe even top 32 this year with the expanded pricing like you're gonna be in really good shape that was my copy of last year i i put a down payment on my car there you go <laughs> i remember <laughs> i think cash pricing cash pricing is super nice i've, I've always wanted this given cash pricing but but like i agree with your statement it's never deterred me from playing at a competitive level mm-hmm. i'll still go because i like the game competitively and if i get like you know top 16 for pricing i'm gonna feel even I mean this this game at a competitive level is freaking awesome. Like I don't get to play competitively anymore. I'm not allowed to um play at the regional level or above. Um but once in a while we get TCG Con here in Tampa and I always make a point to try to go and play because the thrill I get from playing true like competitive Dragon Ball it, it's it's really up there as far as like card game experiences that I've had in my 25-ish years of playing card games. Um, shit, more than that now. <laughs> Get an old man. <laughs> um, my first card game was was the the Decipher Star Wars uh, card game back in the mid-90s. Um, wow. Back when there was like legit like three TCGs on the market. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so um, it, it really is on another level and like the the creativity that you get to express in this game with your deck building um and, and what you're able to do like not all the time like there's definitely metas like right now you're very limited on on what you could do and be even somewhat competitive um but like there's been plenty of times like at the TCG con that happened right before Zenkai came out like I ran Invoker dude uh, you know and I, I went X2 um and it, it was a lot of fun. So, speaking of which, David, uh, let's say you had restrictions gone, uh, and you could play regular, like competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you consider yourself more like casual or more like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, highly competitive, sweaty? Like, how do you view yourself? I've never been able to play meta. Um, you know, it is not my jam like i've always going back to my whole card game history like made a big point about playing off meta excuse me whether as a way to like express or differentiate myself or just loving that feeling of like surprising people or like getting the what the heck does this card do reaction out like (laughs) like jonathan you could appreciate this i got top eight at the last expanded worlds for score back in 2003 no 2004 excuse me um i ran uh chichi deck black chichi yeah and i went x1 in swiss and um might have even won the whole thing if i managed to get over my top eight match but i couldn't um but like I had people watching me. I had people talking about the deck. I had people blown away by what I was doing with it. Like, that's the kind of stuff that really gets me going. Um, but there is a line, right? And I've learned this the hard way, especially in Dragon Ball. Um, because if your creative deck is really bad, it becomes unfun very fast in Dragon Ball. Um, like, I ran... 
I was at Locals recently, maybe like two months ago, and I ran a Cabba expert deck leader. Oh, shit. Yellow deck. And, and I had some cool interactions in there, and I did a couple powerful things, but a couple of the, the combos just didn't really work out. And man, I had no fun playing that deck at, at Locals. Um, there's been times where I go to Locals where... I realized like super quickly in my first match, like even before game one of round one is over, like, man, this deck ain't it. And like, I'm not even going to have fun jamming it for the next three hours, which could be the only time I get to play cards maybe for the next two, three weeks, depending on my schedule or my wife's schedule. Um, Like I will literally take the L switch to a different deck and give my opponents the win the rest of the night, just so that I can have fun and, you know, play a deck that doesn't make me want to rip my eyeballs out <laughs> yeah hey, that you know that's fair and that's refreshing uh ryan uh, you want to wrap up before i start asking all the the real weird questions and go off the deep end here uh, i do have like i think i have like just two more questions um the one of the ones i have is uh you kind of touched on it but i'll uh, get into more specifics uh, i'm generally interested in the thinking process so the question i have is um what would you say is the hardest, like, ruling or discrepancy you ever had to, like, solve? Hardest being, like, actually difficult or, like, the hardest decision that, like, was weighing on me? I would say decision, because I think that would be, that's more of, like, your mental thinking. All right, I mean, I could tell you that, like, one of the hardest ones I ever had to make was at um, Nats 2019. Um, where um, I think it was I think it was Amani Edwards in top sixteen. Forgive me if it wasn't him. Um, but we had to give him a game a game three game loss. Um, which was set, knocked him out of the event in top sixteen. Um, because he shuffled his uh his drop into his de- uh into his deck. Um, by mistake. Um. And, like, there's no coming back from that, right? It's completely unreversible game state. And totally his fault. Like, it just completely sucked. And, like, having to go over there and be like, hey, man, you got a game loss. Yeah, I know it's game three. Yeah, I know it's top 16. Yeah, I know this knocks you out of the event. Like, really crappy way to end his Nationals run. But he handled it really well. He was really magnanimous about it. I'm really happy to just get where he got. Um, but it still sucked, man. Like, you don't want to end someone's, like, national dream that way. But, I'm, like... I'm hurt just hearing that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that just... It just sucks, you know? Um, there's there's no other way around it. Yeah. That is, that is pretty rough. And um, I guess a lot of people just don't, like... A lot of people have to, like... Look, it's like, you know, people... Like, some people get, like, mad. Like, I've definitely seen it before whenever, like, I have to do a gender link when it's and it actively hurts the player, but, like, they did something that you can no longer take back. And they're just yeah. like, well, it's like, well, that just lost for the game. Well, it, sometimes it happens, it happens. You know, it's like, you just gotta, like, think about, like, what if the shoe's in their foot, or, like, in their position? They also have to come up with, like, the, they have to come up with a really hard decision to tell you that this is what's going to yeah, you have to take the emotion out of it and just try to think about the facts and not necessarily give different, like, 
import like yeah it's top 16 at nationals all right take that away from it what if it was any other game how would you rule it you know and you know those kind of things help you navigate those those tricky circumstances but it's definitely never easy um you know he said she said situations are another one which it's just never easy um i mean we've i've had to deal with screaming matches i've had to deal with people who are really pissed off um at me um or my staff and you know it luckily i've never had anything get really ugly um i've had some stuff get stupid and make me want to like smash my head into the wall but you know never anything really bad this community is pretty good about that sort of stuff that's good and then i think the last one i have is um uh, i know you say you like you you know you talk to bandai a lot and stuff like that have you ever helped bandai uh, with a ruling for new mechanics or just new cards that they have on their product. To be honest, they do a pretty good job handling that. Um, really, the way it goes is I kind of approach them and say, hey, how do you guys want to handle this? And they tell me. Now, there might be times where I disagree and I push back and we dialogue about it. But I'd say 99% of the time, their ruling is sensible um and and sometimes yeah sometimes their ruling is sensible um but maybe not in line with the rules as written maybe it's a translation issue maybe it's something like that um but then they'll usually i'll usually point that out and say okay you're right we'll we'll add it to the general rules or we'll add a q a or we'll add you know we'll make that clarification next time around um like the the z deck ruling right now um you know their intent from day one was what i clarified with that you know the z deck's not under the main deck restrictions um but the rule book doesn't make that very clear um so they're gonna they're gonna make a change you know because i asked them to for the next rule book yeah that was definitely um that was definitely a big one so like you know just like you know we'll look at in the day it definitely opens up a lot of like just future deck building for a lot of people, especially with like, yeah, um... I, I don't think it's game breaking in the sense that, like, I don't think it really elevates the decks that are already at the, the top of the heap. However, like, it makes me really excited to, to revisit some older decks, um, like, even just especially for like the Black Vegeta Z card promo, like, being able to put that into decks that like struggled to awaken, um, but that maybe couldn't have run it before that ruling. Um, is really exciting to me. Definitely, we definitely talk about that black fatigue a lot. It's, it's, it's. I think ever since like it was revealed, it's just, it's just been generally agreed to be like such a powerful Zenex staple. Yeah, I'd like to actually see them make more of that uh, cards like that instead of just cards um, that are like locked to a specific deck or a leader. Yeah, I, I think that uh, what was it? One of the question, one of the things you clarified uh, with Pot of Bandai too is like the the payment for z energy so it's like you don't have to have like a specific red card in your z uh -huh. that was that definitely helps out a lot of other decks i've seen a lot of people talking about uh what is it a uh, rainbow uh, bardock because it's able to mm -hmm. run a lot or u7 go on because it can run the frieza or the uh the yellow Goku. yeah absolutely and, and that that ruling was always the way it was i think they just made a a little design gas with uh how they designed the z energy cost on the cards they you know wanted it to 
looked visually appealing, but it definitely confused people. No question. All right, John. What you got? Oh boy, <laughs> let's get off on the deep end here. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, David. Yeah, I know you said you weren't a meta player. Um, so I always ask guests on here. We're really big on the reboot. Obviously, set two Vegito. Uh, but if you could pick a leader and reboot them, you know, ignoring the fact that we have the Z leader awakening, what deck or what leader would you pick to reboot, and what skill would you give them that made them? A reboot leader mm. man that's like a junk deck players dream question right there oh first of yeah all. of course that's why it comes from jonathan <laughs> well man like I, I could probably like make a whole book about all of the ones that i would rebuild and like what they would do um i would say that like if I had to pick one right now, just real quick, I'd say Prison Frieza. Oh, wow. Um, that was the actually the last deck I ran competitively um, okay. before I stopped being competitive. I ran it at Orlando Celebrations, um, which was the last time I, I played competitively um, before I, I stopped. And um, I love that deck, man. Like, it was the perfect control deck to me where like you had to struggle to survive the early game and then you just got this awesome like lockdown end game and it didn't even end the game it wasn't like a cheesy like you win card right and just like right. you got to watch your opponent squirm while you tried to end the game like right. it was the perfect thing for me so i would just make a, a a reboot leader that had a um alternate awakening condition so that you could awaken with more life um and then also um, without that restriction of the, you know, not being able to run certain battle cards. So, yeah, or with a different restriction, I should say. That's fair. I mean, now with the Z deck, you could, you could run, uh, less than four cost uh, in the deck because you could put in all those other cards now. So, you know. Yeah. Problem with that deck though, is the, the boss monster has no protection. Like, you know, in, in this world having, you know, no no deflect no barrier like that that's a death sentence like you know can't uh like you get god sealed after you commit all the resources to that it's just a wrap so oh no that's a fair point uh you know if i if i had to pick a leader outside of set two vegeto to reboot uh, i think personally i would pick uh the old set one green double strike goku uh, double strike on the front, double strike on the back. Uh, one of my personal favorites, I'd say. I, I call that guy Demo Deck Goku, man, because he he was <laughs> in the OG Demo Deck before oh, he, the game even came out. For sure, for sure. I do remember him being in the, the Demo Decks, you're right. So uh, that's pretty interesting. I used to use it to actually get rid of uh, Unison during Unison Warrior block. So Yeah, I mean, it, that's definitely a good Unison uh, killer, no question. Uh, I definitely think so. Uh, another question, David, for you. Uh, what do you think about a card that when you play it, the next battle card that you played had deflect? That way you could bring back like old boss monsters, like you had issues with the Frieza prison and whatever. I mean, that could be a cool Z card function, right? You know, similar to like the Vegeta, pull it out for like one energy or something and, yeah. and do that. Forces you to play an energy behind the curve, um, so it's not necessarily broken out the gate. Um, you know, obviously, big open-ended cards like that are, are problems for like design. 
because you have to think about every interaction possible and then you you also have to design around something like that for the rest of the game like like the game's life that's true so you know they're not very appealing (laughs) effects like that for um for developers and then if you say oh well let's just build it in engine right make it just for a specific deck and then it's like well you know, you could do that. Like that could be like an anniversary card or something if you wanted to bring back like Prison Frieza, and you can make a Frieza's army guy that gives all your Frieza deflect or something. Um, you know, like that could work if you ask me. Um, but I don't know about an open-ended one. That might be more trouble than it's worth. Well, that's fair. So uh, if we end up getting uh, Prison Frieza support in the the next anniversary box, I know who I need to go after. <laughs> yeah, man. Say Bandai's listening to your podcast, man. That's what that means. I mean, hey, that's that's even a better point, to be honest. <laughs> hey, Ryan, Ryan got that uh, that salsa and and de- the demon claim stuff. Uh, uh, oh my god, I can't believe I know the that. Demon on, gods on, on the head, dude. The demon gods. The demon gods. Yeah, yeah he, the, he got the, those the, right. The TP card before they announced the TP set, I was like, man, I would really like a fucking like. Like really like a black TP to kind of replace like like SS3 Gogeta because this one I got hit. I was like, man, I don't want it to be like a 20k. It comes out for one if your opponent has like no cards and drop or something. Maybe support like Shroom and Salsa or something. Something good. You know, it's like if your opponent has like X amount of cards and warp, it gets double strike, so it doesn't. It's not too oppressive. It's just like a 20k, and then like later in the game, it still be it's still useful because it's like you know a 20k one one drop double strike. Then then they release the next. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, he a whole swap. He got the whole swap engine with it too. Done like he had everything on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, David, another question for you: um, How did you become the guy when it came to both Bandai and uh, and Dragon Ball Super? Obviously, you're the admin, so um, head judge. How did you get to be in those uh, positions um, for both Bandai and for the Dragon Ball Super card game? Uh, oh, let's see. So, from the Facebook side of things, I could definitely thank you know Aaron Anthony Abraham, who's the OG admin. Of the group, and he's still on the admin team. It's still his his page, his group, everything like that. Um, he was one of my locals back when I lived in New York for Pansy, and he really aspired to have the relationship with Bandai that I had with Panini. You know, I was a Panini contracted employee um, and, and helped drive that game and helped you know with their online presence and everything like that and and he wanted that and he embraced this game the second bandai announced it he was mr bandai you know was promoting the game all grassroots stuff got bandai to like come to our locals and stuff to hand out promos and you know he was out there championing the shit out of this game and he um made me a mod at some point um, early in the game's life, not originally, um, and then I don't even remember when I became an admin. To be very honest with you, um, of the page, I remember being a mod, um, and Aaron got me in front of Bandai 
um, at a couple of Gen Cons, um, and I was just able to start building a relationship um, with them. You know, my Panini and Score past got me a lot of cred to get my foot in the door. Mm. Um, and then just having the line of communication, you know, keeping it constant, um, talking with them all the time, um, checking in with them, and, and just building those personal relationships where they looked at me as a, a trusted source of knowledge. Um, and then I applied to be a level two judge um, back when they still did that. Right. And I remember doing a level two interview in my car outside a pizza hut on Long Island because my family was inside eating dinner. Um, And I remember running out to my car because they were calling me on Skype. Um, And then to be very honest, the the single biggest turning point um, was when ARG quit Mm. and left Bandai holding the bag in 2019 um, with like no Gen Con budget no nationals budget, um, no plan, anything like that, because they just bailed on their agreement. Um, and then, like, TAC Games got tapped to run Gen Con, and then they tapped me to support, because I've known the TAC guys um, since the score days. Right. Um, and, like, that actually started, really started everything, um, because then that got me running events, that got me running nationals um, as the head judge in 2019. Um, and then it kind of just snowballed from there um, because, you know, Jim and his whole crew were out. So they needed somebody and they needed people. So, and uh, uh, the rest is history, I guess. I mean, that's crazy. I had oh. I had no idea about the whole ARG thing, to be honest with you. That's kind of insane to hear. I didn't either. Oh, yeah. I mean, ARG, you know, speaking as candidly as I think I can, you know, they did a good job running events. Um, Anybody that that worked with Jim, you know, or even worked or knew people that worked with Jim, he was just a tough guy to work with. And it was his way or the highway. And when that didn't connect with Bandai's way of thinking, um, he left. And, you know, TAC had to move heaven and earth to get prizing, to get the venue, to get staff. I mean, literally, it was three of us running an entire Gen Con's worth of events that year. Um, And, you know, Nationals was a little bit better just because we had more time between, you know, because it happened like a month before Gen Con. Um, so obviously we had a few more months to get a nationals team together and scrape together whatever budget we could. Core TCG helped out big time that year, um, you know, put some investment behind the growth of the game um, to, to make that Nats happen. And, um, you know, definitely hurt the game a lot, but the people that banded together really made a difference, especially in 2019. You know, I actually went to that Nats. Uh, that was the one in, in um, Chicago, I think, right? Chicago? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, 2019 Chicago. That was actually a really good event, uh, especially hearing about how everything just went down. Like, y'all did really good to get that going in 2019. Yeah. I mean, honestly, every year, 2019, you had that story. 2020, we had, obviously, COVID to deal with, and then getting nationals to even happen was, was a miracle and a half. 
um, you know, in um, in 2021, just because the rebound from um, 2020 was so harsh on everybody. Um, like it was, it's it's been a lot. You know, it's not easy to run physical TCG in this day and age between COVID and digital gaming and, you know, then factor in the fact that Bandai's overseas on top of it. Like it, it's really a heavy lift and everything that's happened. I'm definitely not saying like, be grateful for everything that's happened and no criticism, no complaints, because there's definitely a lot that can be better. There's no question. But at the same time, like it's impressive to me, even being on the inside, like as, as what, for what degree I am on the inside, you know, seeing everything that they go through to make the stuff happen. It's, it's no small, no small thing. I think it's easy for people on the outside perspective to judge and to complain about things. But when you see things like behind closed doors, you can really get an appreciation uh, of the work that goes in. That's for sure. Uh, And David, we do want to be respectful of your time here. So uh, we do have a couple quick more questions. If you, if you can hold that for us, I'm not sure if they have time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm doing good over here right now. Okay, so. perfect. I'll uh, I'll let Ryan and Ernest take those. No, uh, you can go first. No, 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 you go first. <laughs> I I I'll, I'll, I only got the one question. That's the question we always ask. So we'll save it for the end. Okay. All right. Uh, he wanted to know about the imposing presence versus sin eight drop. Can can it still swing if uh if it hasn't gotten neg before? Yeah, it cannot. So if the if the permanent hasn't proc'd yet, um, mm-hmm. he's stuck. Okay, that's yeah. super interesting. Yeah, we none of us really were were positive about that, so that's, that's good to know. So like, I remember the first time I saw King Vegeta's imposing presence, and like mm-hmm. I've hated that card since that day, just because I'm like, this is going <laughs> to cause so many ruling headaches. You know, it's such a unique type of effect. I think, and like as a player, I love it. I think it's a great effect. But as a judge, I was just like, oh my god, you know why? Hold on, I, I, do, have, I do have one segue. This will be a quick one. How how much of a ruling nightmare was it for you when you saw the SS fours and Gogeta SS four That one's been up there. Um, definitely been one of the bigger like headaches. Um, I still get questions on the on the daily you know, PM to me, like, hey, can I negate this, or, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a uh, a headache, so, no question. I, I, did, I did remember one other question, too. Uh, a while back, whenever the new rulebook came out, uh, for, like, after Z and everything stuff came out, there was a, a mess up in the rulebook about the sparking ability saying battle x amount of battle cards mm-hmm. in the play area yeah they mixed up bond and sparking yeah okay uh i had i had still i still have people at my shop ask me about that so i want uh i'm just gonna like just point them to the podcast so i can tell them like it, it was just a mess up honestly man like something like that, <laughs> that that's where like the backhand comes out a little bit <laughs> And just like, come on, guys! Like, let, let's save the bu- the bullshit for a real ruling. Like, you know, you know that's a mistake. Uh, come on, people! People like I feel it so much. People ask me like, like the things like I know this, but I still wanted to ask. Like, I know for this Goku, it says counterattack, but can I pay its cost by overwhelming instead of you know 
like paying its costs. Like, no, no, no. Even that, that that sounds like a more legit question than, than the sparking thing from the rule book. Is that all you had, Ernest? Yeah, that's, that's all I got. All right. Well, then this will this will be the last question. Then we'll uh, then we'll turn it over to you for any kind of like anything you're working on or shots or anything. But yeah. uh, the last question we always ask all of our guests is because um, uh, all of us have our like kind of like you know our own reboot kind of picks. Uh, is there any leader you're looking for? I know you're talking about, you're talking a little bit about prison freeze. Is there any leader you really want rebooted to break into the uh, to break into the, the the competitive scene of the game, mm. or just like or just like playable? Mm -mm -mm. Let's see. Well, two ways of looking at that. There's leaders that like I can't seem to get away from, like playing and building, um, and that they've been like on the fringe. Um, and then there's ones that are like frustratingly bad, and I would love to see get blown up and like remade from from ground up. So if I had to pick one that's like on the fringe, um. I would say Mechikabura. Like, I have not been able to get away from that deck since Supreme Rivalry came out. Um, it's been, like, my go-to deck. It's, like, totally my kind of thing where it's, like, this weird combination of, like, tempo, control, powerful effects. Um, but it's always been, like, falling short a little bit. Um, and I'd love to see that, that deck get, like, a real shot in the arm to get good. Um... And then if I had to think about like classic leaders that I would love to try to to make happen again, I look at like um like Dr. Wheelow. You know, I tried so hard with that. Even when those like, bubbles drop, the unisons, like I tried that. Um, but like he needs a complete rework, like everything from a leader. To his dudes, his frenzied warrior dudes, um, like he's so bad that frenzied warrior wasn't even like Bandai forgot to put frenzied warrior on their old search engine on the website. I remember um, that. I, 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 I <laughs> That's remember amazing. That. I was yeah. building this. I was building this deck, and I, when I typed in frenzied warrior, nothing came up. Yep. So like that's how bad it is that like even band I was like, nah fam, like let's let's not no, nah, we don't want to talk about Dr. Wiro. Um <laughs> but like I've always liked playing villains, I've always liked playing like the forgotten villains. Um and like I think the decks does some like really cool stuff, right? Like and everyone always forgets about like the alternate effect on lab. Um you know, and like I think there's there's definitely some merit. Um you know, to, to, you know, what that deck can do. And, like, I think it's really cool. Um, and for those of you who are wondering, like, what alternate effect on, on Lab? Um, Lab is, like, the best anti-yellow card in the game. And it's people always forget that it exists. Because um, it says that your battle cards can't be switched to rest mode by your opponent's card skills. Like, what? <laughs> like, that card exists? That's a thing? Like, yeah, man. So... But of course, Dr. Wiro sucks. Green sucks. So, like, what are you going to build to take advantage of that bomb ability? You know. Um, Do you think they'll, yeah. they'll ever re, re, uh, 
go back to surge leaders? Nah, man. That that uh, better be nah. that better be done and dusted. I never want to see those things again. No, right. come on, don't say that. That's why like, my that's my number that that is my number one choice for reboot, by the way, because my favorite my favorite meta was surge because my favorite deck of all time was surge coup. I loved red yellow surge. Uh, Goku's yeah, because you're degenerate. I get it. It's okay. <laughs> you know, like like whose whose bright idea was it in a game in a game where literally. Everything that you do is defined by what color your deck is. Like, let's let's let people be two colors, man. Like, what could go wrong? You know, like nothing, it, nothing what, went wrong. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Well, I mean, to be fair, Kefla Surge, Blue and Yellow, best colors in the game, and that leader suck. It was trash, like trash. And that's really the only way to balance it, right? By making a leader that's trash. That's and fair. you know, I love that deck. You know, I think that you know. Surge Coup was busted. Piccolo was busted. Um, I think that there's merit to Broly right now, Red Green. Um, you know, he's got some powerful cards. That Z card is is awesome. Um, that's coming out in um, any box. Um, you know, he's probably the closest that we'll have. And obviously, Invoker is still a thing. Um, I mean, I think Invoker is basically unplayable now in the Z world. But like that leader still does what it does. Um, you know, could it come back? I mean, anything can come back, right? Should it? Probably not. A, a skilled enough player that has played it through all the meta is could could still do well with it. What's that, Invoker? Yeah, that's what I think. I, I think if if they if they if the player is skilled enough and knows knows their matchups well enough, they could probably do. Maybe not win or anything, but at least do well. You mean like Legends? Yeah, the, except until they drop Gogeta 8 on you and laugh. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, it's, it's just like... I, I, don't, just, I don't, you know... Legends is amazing, but I don't think he could get around that. Um, you know, when I, mean, I he'll still Invoker, be at 8 life whenever it lands. When, when I ran Invoker at... Um, at TCG Con... Like, the best thing that I came up with for that was Boo Unison and Torn of Power together. Hmm. Like, that was some next-level stuff, because especially once you awaken, like, you lose control over, like, being able to dig through your deck. Right. But being able to rearrange um, with Torn of Power and then still pick up whatever card you wanted with Boo Unison um, was, was awesome. Um, but even that, like, that's not going to make a lick of difference against all these decks right now they're just too fast and too strong um but yeah but you can get a errata cat blow in the anniversary box <laughs> so if you want to play a limit one non-foil version of cat blow oh, the non-foil version too definitely definitely really spice up your max rarity <laughs> I like I am always scratching my head when people are like desperate to like find out what revision cards are in the the set. I'm like, why? Who cares? They're not oil. They're ugly. You just yeah. know that they're rotted. Speaking of Invoker, um, I know with the, the new set they're they're supporting uh, some of the older uh, keyword skills like heroic and and uh, and villainous, right? Yeah, man. So, which is another thing we talk about on this a lot. Uh, you know, it, it's cool to see like old. Um, old keyword skills getting support and um you know i think they're eventually going to be running out of keyword skills 
um, to support. So there has to be new things. Uh, David, did you did you ever play Magic: uh, The Gathering as a card game? Um, never played it, but obviously I've been around card games my whole life, so I know enough about it. Okay, so perfect. So uh, in an episode, we had talked about like uh, artifacts, equipments, uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, do you think that's something they'll bring in? Uh, you know, I know they're they're trying to build in some new stuff with the Z deck. Maybe that could be uh, an idea that they bring into the Z deck. I mean, the Z deck was like a pretty big forward to new stuff. That's true. Yeah, I mean, you got you've got the the Z mechanics, and I think the next phase is you'll start to see those Z mechanics evolve. Um, you know, into into newer things. So I, I think they've got a lot of stuff cooking in the in the hopper. So. Do you think they would ever do like a, a unison, like a Z unison? Is that too bold to just have constant like a, a Z unison available to play? Am I crazy? Yeah, I mean, like, I'd say all bets are off, right? Who knows what they're going to want to come out with to, to drive <laughs> the game forward? Well, I'm glad I didn't ask that as a question because that sounds like a straight question right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, tell, tell us what's what's the neck, what's the the SCR of this set? Like that would be a strike. No, fair. Oh, sure. <laughs> hey, hey, quick question. You know, just just to hit, what do you think? Like, what do you think the next? Like, just your opinion on the next three secrets? <laughs> just... <laughs> I had to get them all. I had to get them out of the other one so we could get them out of here. I'm, I'm really excited because in what? In seven and a half hours, we're gonna have to the next day previews on the. Uh, I'm really liking their new preview system. They're doing like. The first, like they're doing, like the full deck in one day. Yeah. Yeah. Is... Me too. Well, it's um, it's you know second Zenkai, so two two posts a day. You know. So, yeah, for it's it. pretty I'm cool. I mean, I think we'll be well, all that... done with previews by like November first. So. Oh. Oh, that's great, actually. Yeah, that's awesome. Can't wait to see and that. Give, that yeah, give everybody a good amount of time to test. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, there's still three previews, obviously the the core of the set. Then you got Sun Gohan rares, all the promos. So that's what they're that's what they're. Called. I'm actually glad they're going back to campaign rares too. I thought campaign rares are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, they they've always been cool, right? Whether they were good or not, that's a different story. But like, I go back to like, I always thought it was really cool to open them, like in. Opening the the characters from the the Broly movie and Clash of Fates was cool. Oh, yeah, those are I, I really like the, uh, the, uh, the 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 was the iconic attack rares and the Saiyan rares. The Saiyan mm-hmm. rares and the, those two cards are really cool. True. I mean, honestly, all of them have been cool, and these Gohan rares they look sick. So, you know, I I, I think it's really neat, and anything that's like very thematic, I'm always going to be into. So. David, are you a Dragon Ball fan by chance? Like outside of the game? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. So, uh, if you could pick a character that hasn't been printed, what character would it be? Man, there's characters they haven't printed. Shit. As a leader or as a card? Anything at this point, just anything. Leader, battle card, whatever. Put on. I the mean, card. I'll say the obvious. Like, where's my farmer with the shotgun? Oh, oh my god! Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> I... I'm so tired of that meme. I, I talk about. I hate that meme. It's so done with. You know what would be cool? I think it would be cool if they brought in, um, and did a uh, Planet Arlia, Vegeta, and Nappa. Oh shit, that would be leader. Dope. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, that would be really cool. Like with that color scheme. 
That'd be badass. Uh, I would like the I would like old Vegeta in that in that old armor look. That's the I I love that old armor look. It was so cool. Yeah, man. Like honestly, that leader. Like I want that leader to come back. I want them to like reboot that leader already. I know it just dropped Insane Showdown, but it was so bad. Like Saiyan Saga Vegeta in like his armor. Like that's that's legit. Like that that needs to come back. I, they can tell you here. Uh, the Saiyan Saga fight was is top three favorite arcs in all of Dragon, including OG. Of course, it was so good. And when I saw they had like the the cool stand, the cool poses as they're unawakened, like the right before they fought, mm. I was like, dude, this is the coolest shit ever. I'm so excited. And then when I read the Vegeta and Goku, I thought about quitting the game. I was like, this <laughs> is such a spin, right? right? This is such a spit in the face. Yeah. I was like, he you sucks. Know. No. <laughs> and I've even I've used that Vegeta engine in other decks, and it still works better than with that leader. It was, um, it was so, so funny bad. to see, uh, to see like all. No, the I love Dragon Ball, dude. Like that's I've I've been I've watched Dragon Ball since before the the card games came out. Um, I remember very clearly the first time I ever watched it. Um, I remember being in my room in my childhood house. My like little thirteen inch TV or whatever I had in my room at the time, I was lucky enough to have one, and like coming home from um, summer camp that day, and like just turning on my TV and like channel surfing, and then like watching it come up, and it was the episode in the Saiyan saga where Chao Tzu and Tien died, um, fighting Nappa, and being like, however old I was at the time, not old, being like, man, this this shit goes hard. Like these guys just died. You know, and <laughs> I remember following it like all through all the Cartoon Network and Tsunami Days and like suffering when they like kept delaying and not having new episodes forever, like during the Frieza saga. And like you'd watch the episode of Goku versus the Ginyu Force, and then you'd turn in tune in the next day, like this is the the time. This is the time that we're going to see a new... A, a previously on Dragon Ball Z is going to come up. And we're going to know that we got new episodes. And then they'd show that damn Raditz space pod flying through space. And you knew they were starting <laughs> all the way over from episode one. And you're like, God damn oh, it. Man. You know, I'm never going to get to see Goku go Super Saiyan. Right. Unless it's on some crappy video on my computer. Um... <laughs> You know, I want to see these new episodes. I remember even emailing no. the president of Funimation as a kid, <laughs> being like, "Yo, where are new episodes?" Because well, I just, I just took a guess. I was like, "I bet you his email is just his first name at Funimation.com or .net." I think it even was back then, and it turned out it was. And he emailed oh, me back. Shit. He was not happy that I emailed. <laughs> that's, uh, wow! That's so, that's so golden. That's yeah. so bad. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I'm wor- I've been working on my um. You know, I moved down to Florida three years ago, and I got this whole room I'm in right now. It's second floor in my house. It's it's my space. So I I work out of here. I've got my my video games. So I got all my cards and shit. I bought at Gen Con this year, um, these really big art prints. Um, all different fandoms that I like, and Dragon Ball is the biggest one I got. I'm just trying to figure out where I, I want to put it. I got it framed. Um, it's really cool. I've got all 43 original Japanese uh, Super Battle Collection figures still in their original boxes. Oh, shit. Um, 
Damn. Like the, the original action figure line from like the 90s. Right, right. Um, and uh, I, w- I want to figure out how best to display them. Um, I've got all sorts of cool Dragon Ball stuff. Um, I'm not like, I don't have like one of those crazy figure collections like you see people have, like the resin statues and all that. You know, I mean, I got a, I got a wife and kids. They would kill me um, if I started dropping <laughs> right. money like that on, on stuff. But um, I've got the whole original manga run from Korea, randomly enough, um, of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Some of it's still sealed in the original plastic wrap, too. Oh, shit. Um, so, you know, yeah, I like Dragon Ball, man. I got, I got Dragon Ball stuff. Yeah, it's funny. I actually had a, a display case with those statues, and then uh, my wife and I had a baby, so my man cave I was just kaput. It's like, hey, that's where the, the nursery is going to be, so get your stuff out of there, you know? Mm. See, that was part of the deal. I didn't want to leave New York. But my wife said, all right, we, we're going to get a house. You can have your own space. Do whatever you want with. I said, all right, I'm, I'm game. So. <laughs> I mean, I thought I had enough space, but, you know, it turns out I was wrong, and the wife overruled me on that one. So here we are, stuck in the office. <laughs> no, this is good. This is going to be a good man cave once uh, it's done. I got my my 75-inch TV on the wall. I've got my nice uh, leather power recliner. I got all, all, all sorts of good stuff up here. I got the the wet bar. Um, okay. Just need to get some more furniture, get all the crap off the floor. And, uh, it'll be good. That's good. Oh, uh, by the way, were you guys affected by the hurricane uh, a couple weeks ago? At all? No, man. I, we got lucky because we were originally ground zero for it. And then it shifted about two hours south. Um, and that's where you saw all the devastation on TV and stuff. Um, I mean, we, we got storm weather here. I mean, my wife, she works in a hospital, so she was basically trapped there for three days oh, for the duration of the storm. Oof, that um, I had, yep. we, we had to get all the shutters put up on the house and everything like that for the hurricane, bringing everything from outside. Um, I had my kids home um, the whole time. And, you know, I, I went out the day before to buy a generator. Um, and then at my day job, one of my functions is I do... Um, I'm part of the emergency management and the facilities team. So, like, obviously, this was, like, prime time for me with my day job, too. So trying to do that and, and get my house and my family ready for the storm, it was definitely not uh, not easy. But we were very fortunate. We got, like, 90-mile-an-hour winds. Oh, shit. Um, and, of course, the rain and stuff. But right. I didn't even lose a single shingle on my roof. So. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a blessing. Awesome. Yeah, man. That's a blessing for sure. I have a friend that's a, he's a traveling EMT. He had to, he's stationed over there right now taking care of people. He's been there pretty much since the, the hurricane hit. Yeah, I mean, down there in, in southwest Florida, it's rough. They got rocked. So That's rough, man. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'll say uh, nobody likes a hurricane, but no, it's, sure. even, it's even crazier when you have, like, you know, your wife and kids are involved as opposed to just being yourself, you know? Yeah, it's it's on another level. Like, I remember when Superstorm Sandy hit, you know, I was a single dude living in Brooklyn. Like, I could have just sat in my apartment, like, eating snacks and, like, just wrote it out. Right. And, you know, oh, lost power, <laughs> no big deal. You know, lost this, no big deal. Like, yeah, come – and take away my 2001 Toyota Solara storm. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not too worried about it. But like when once you got the the house, the wife, the kids, like it's I mean, crap. I can't just look forward to sitting in, in, inside and playing video games for three days. I gotta, 
take care of everybody. Oh, for sure. I mean, your husband duties, your father duties, you just kind of just kick in, you know? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, David, I mean, I think that's all the questions we had for you. Uh, I mean, you can chill out and hang out if you'd like to. But I think that's everything that we had. I know it's getting kind of kind of late. It's up to you. So I'll leave it up to you on that one, David. No, I appreciate it. I think I'm going to wrap it up, though. It's uh, almost 1 a.m. my time, and uh, I do yeah. have work, and i got to get the kids to school in the morning. Oof, so That's rough. Okay. Yeah. But I appreciate it, guys, and um, this was a lot of fun. Let's do this again. Oh, absolutely. And, um, oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, look forward to seeing everyone's reaction to tomorrow's previews. Um, I could tell you that the, the deck that's being revealed tomorrow – um, or today already my time. Right. Um, this is the deck that I'm like most excited about building for for Zenkai too. Uh, so I think we're on the same page. I'm excited for this uh, other green deck. So we'll see it. <laughs> yeah, but like you don't even know anything about this deck yet. Like this deck operates like to be a good green deck, you got to be different, right? You got to do something different because let's be honest, green struggles play the same game as red as yellow as blue because it just it doesn't have the card pool to do it so like king cold i I had a lot of success with king cold because it did something completely different you know and and got to play the game in its own way and broly um the new broly does kind of the same idea where it it does something with cards that's different than everything before it oh interesting i'm excited yeah i'm super excited for that well, we knew it was going to be Broly because the other green leader is Gogeta, so it's it's like that. That's like a vice versa thing. Like with the yeah. you know, with the Android thirteen Goku Trunks Vegeta, we're going to get the Android thirteen is the red leader. It just makes the most. Yeah, well, and the trailer showed Broly too, so I don't mind saying that. You know, also, <laughs> this episode won't be out till after that the drop anyway. I'll edit the shit tonight. <laughs> Yeah, dude, oh, please, make this our fastest episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, um, yeah, is there anything you'd like to shout out before you head out? Anything, uh, any plans or anything? No, just, um, I, I hope that everybody, um, who can, um, uh, makes the trip down to Nationals in Florida. Um, it's going to be great, even if you don't have an invite, even if you don't think you're going to get an invite at an LCQ. Like, we're going to have LCQs on Friday all day long um we want to get as many people into the tournament as possible and then for those that don't or for those that that scrub out early we're gonna have crazy side events with uh, a prize wall um we're gonna have lots of great stuff we want this to be a dragon ball weekend um you're gonna be able to play in, in events all day saturday um all day sunday um some sick prizes so definitely worth it hotels are cheap it's not the the peak travel season yet for that area. Um, flights are cheap into Orlando, so like make the trip. It'll it'll be worth it. Like everyone's gonna have a good time. So I look forward to seeing anybody there that can make the trip. Oh, for sure. I think a few of us are already awesome. going. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. David, I appreciate the yeah, time absolutely. again. Absolutely. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Have a good evening, and we'll see you on the next one. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Uh, We'll chat with you yeah, guys good night. Uh, soon, and have a great night. Thanks for having me. See man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, David. Take Anytime. care. Have a good Go night. Well, uh, I don't know that we need to really go into anything else on this episode, guys. Uh, I think that was a pretty good one to, to end on, so um, maybe we can do our, our shout-outs or something. What do you guys think? Yeah, 
Jonathan. All right, so uh, I guess we'll go with the uh, the shout outs here. Uh, shout out to the Salt Boys one time, and uh, definitely shout out to the haters one time as well. Uh, shout out to the sponsors with an S, multiple. Ooh, double sponsor. Yeah, uh, so uh, shout out to Alter Ego in Baytown. And shout out to Game Guys out at Almeda Mall in Houston. I've uh, been playing a lot over there on Sundays. Uh, shout out to all the teams in Houston, of course. Uh, shout out to you, Ernest. Shout out to Ryan. Of course, a big shout out uh, to David for joining us uh, again so late at night. Um, so definitely appreciate everybody out there. Uh, you go next, Ernest. I was going to say, you let me go first the whole time. <laughs> it's easier yes. if I let you go first than me. It's easier, as I just found this out. Because then, then I don't interrupt you. <laughs> uh, shout out to everybody on the podcast, Ryan, Jonathan, and uh, definitely David. Uh, that was an awesome Q&A with, with him. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate him coming on. Uh, shout out to Team Rays. Uh, and shout out to the Angleton t- uh, shop, the vault. Uh, please come down if you if you're in our area. It's on Wednesday nights. Uh, go ahead, Ryan. Uh, I definitely want to give a <laughs> to uh, Team Rays as well, uh, and Ernest for being here, and then Jonathan for us finally. Um, uh, fucking, we can all make time. I'm glad that we all were able to make time to fucking uh, come on here because I know. The biggest one has always been fucking Ernest. No, I'm just kidding. I think it's just been. I think I think it's just been like in general we've all had a hard time. I'm really glad for uh, for us to be here. And then you know, I don't think we say enough, but definitely big shout out to Jonathan because you know he's the one that brought forth the idea for the podcast. And I think uh, today's episode was like definitely one of the biggest ones we've had for culmination. Uh, shout out to uh, Galaxy Gaming, Omar, Sam. You know, uh, one of the best shops in Houston, maybe the entire galaxy. I love those guys. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely shout out to uh, David for coming on. Yeah, being oh, a good for special sure. guest. Definitely, we we might try to get him on a lot more often because that was that was really good. Yeah, that was dope. That was really dope. Uh, well, guys, uh, I think that's gonna wrap it up for our for our episode tonight. But um, per usual, we'll just have to see you guys on the next one and uh, Champa. Okay.